Are you ready to explore how people coordinate to build and empower your community to take action and solve problems to coordinate without any central authority? What? Bring in the OGs of the pre-crypto decentralized coordination space together with the pioneers of the cutting-edge technologies to fuse their ancient knowledge with the latest tools in order to fight coordination failures, slay Moloch and continue the endless search for the holy grails of decentralized coordination. Welcome to the front lines of coordination. Fuck. My brain is already melting. I hope you survive. Well, frontiers of coordination, you say? Frontiers of goddamn coordination. What is the frontier of coordination today, you think? I'd say it's the DAOs. The DAOs, like... I mean, obviously there are a lot of social technologies, but this is like popping up in the recent years, and it's like all that we've been talking about in crypto lately. Well, yeah, obviously it's DAOs, but what is it within DAOs? The frontier of coordination? Yeah, like one... One frontier that I'm interested in to, right now is uh, is like the, uh, the you know the go fast go if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together kind of cartel motto and how like I think a lot have thought about that phrase being like those two things going fast and going alone or going far and going together as being you know polar opposites or you know, opposite sides of a, of a spectrum, a, a duality, you know, we can only do one of these things. We can't do both. We can't go fast and far together or can we, I guess is my, is my question. And I think, yeah, so I've been kind of exploring that, like, uh, and what does that mean? You know, like, uh, but I think why, why it's interesting. I mean, like you've seen some of the, well, yeah, you've seen like the uh, proposal from Peter and the kind of go fast multi-sig strategy. We're doing more like, you know, push style grants instead of like uh, just having people try to pull grants, you know, come to Meta Cartel for grants. And like we used to do a lot more push grants, like, hey, you're building something great. Let's get you a grant. But I think that was like one of the impetus for the the initiative or whatever. We want to go fast again. But and it very quickly became like this conversation between those dualities. Like, oh, no, but we want to go far. Oh, yeah, I know, but we want to go fast. Yeah, but we want to go far. Yeah, but we want to go fast. You know, like back and forth. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and I, yeah, and I totally see, I think I see a way where you can go fast and go far together, basically. And like, I don't know what that looks like exactly yet, but it's it feels really natural, um, I think. Like if, if we think about DAOs and then like kind of like non-hierarchical, community of people working together on, on things and then and you know there's a community and they have like a purpose you know they have some kind of coordinated goal right some coordinated shared purpose that they're supposed to be coordinating with each other to to accomplish or whatever but then some people want to you know they have different ideals on how that can that mission can be accomplished and they, they want to go fast and test the boundaries and i think currently we're kind of stuck in this paradigm where it's like yeah but we're the dao so we want to like we got to do it together, you know, and then things slow down and you hit like, you know, bureaucracies slow down and coordination failure and those types of things because everybody thinks we need to get everybody in line for everything. But what I think would be cool is if, uh, 
from an organizational standpoint or a community standpoint, if they're, say we have like a community, I mean, just use metagame as an example. Like say we, you know, we have metagame here and there's like 30 or 40 people who, who are like focused on preserving and enhancing and maintaining the, all the things that the community is doing. And that's one thing that the community needs to do is like sustain itself, right? But the other thing that it needs to do is to explore the frontiers. You know, there always are these people, you know, it's like the whole uh, town planner, settler, and, and pioneer paradigm, right? Like we need all of those people to be empowered to do all the things. Like there are pioneers inside communities who the communities would greatly enjoy them to go and pioneer and then to bring back things to the community when they find things that work. If they go out and, you know, so I kind of think about it as like this, currently we have like these DAOs that are like circles and they're like very tight circles. But, and then when people want to pioneer, they kind of have to go outside the circle to do it. And then it creates this kind of like difficulty in, in coordinating that. And because the circle is changing, you know, when, when like a pioneer goes way, wants to go way outside, they're like stretching the boundary of the membrane. Basically, it becomes much more organic, I think. This works probably a lot better in visuals, but maybe, you know what I mean? Instead of like the down needing to be so rigid, like basically like enabling protocols and, and mechanisms for pioneers within the community to go and do their pioneering stuff and to be empowered to do that by the community. And if they go and find, you know, they go and explore some things on the outer edges and it like uh, works for the community, then now the, the planners and the settlers can, you know, can take that and run with it or whatever if they want to. Um, sometimes, the, sometimes the pioneer is going to come bring back a thing that the community doesn't want. And that's fine. It's not like a broken thing at that point. But, you know, the pioneers do need to be able to like communicate the value of the things that they're bringing in because it probably will be a lot different from how the community is working today because that's their job as a pioneer, right? That's like how they operate. They, that's, there are a lot of people who do that. Um, so I think it, yeah, I think that's one frontier coordination is figuring out how to like enable DAOs to be able to much more organic and, and empowering each other to go in, you know, not raw delegation per se, but, but like, yeah, there's other kinds of ways to, uh, well, it, it is kind of delegation, I suppose, but, but with the power you know, the DAO should always have retain the control to like bring back the power. If, if a pioneer is not doing something that's in the, you know, the community really decides that, you know, yeah, we don't really want to fund this pioneering work anymore. So there's not too much being brought back on this path. We're not saying that what you're doing is wrong, but it's just, it's not bringing us any value right now. So like we would rather divert attention to this other pioneer or this other pioneer initiative, you know, if a few different people are doing some pioneering initiative or whatever you know. Does that make sense? I think it makes total sense. And I think it all starts with like not being dogmatic. Like just because uh, we, we are a DAO doesn't mean that like every part of the DAO needs to be completely decentralized or that we need to vote on everything. Or like just because we like to go far together doesn't mean that people shouldn't go fast. And I think it's just like like effective DAOs need to do both. I think like, okay, it's nice to think like we should just be thinking like, okay, we should just uh, go far together. But I think like this sort of uh, like going fast alone just needs to happen in parallel. I think it, you brought a great like analogy with pioneers, settlers and town planners. And I think it uh, like goes back to like the nomadic tribes, and, like the communities of people moving around. Like you don't 
set up the whole community to like explore and scout the area. No, you send like a few scouts and pioneers to like go out, scout the area. And then they come back and they say, okay, that way we should maybe go far together. <laughs> I've been there fast. It was great. Let's go far together. Yeah, and we can't. And currently, I feel like we're we're kind of like <laughs> like that analogy too. It totally is like a you know going back to the the nomadic tribes. And if you if we were a nomadic tribe, that's even a better example than metagame, which is also a nomadic tribe. <laughs> but regardless, you know, like yeah, we if you had a bunch of pioneers in in, in this tribe, they're like you. They're clearly capable of exploring far outside. You know, they can go and survive for a few weeks in the in the bushes or something. You know. And that's what they want to do. They want to go and explore this weird shit that's really scary to everybody else because it's so different. But they're okay with it. They're okay with the risk, personally. And for the community, that's great. You know, they, they shouldn't force everybody, no, 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 I don't want to go outside the boundary, so you can't either, you know? Like, that would kill the tribe. You know, like, the tribe needs to have all the people doing all the things, really, to... You know, those pioneers are going to find some things that are that are good for the community. But if they're not allowed to go and do that, then, yeah, there's a lot of missed opportunity there for, yeah, for growth and collaboration. Right. And if it's just pioneers, then you get nowhere because people are just constantly just exploring further. If you got no town planners, it's like nothing's going to, nothing's going to get structured and make sense. Like you really need like all three of them to have a balanced community. Yeah, which in DAOs means that because it's a DAO, you know, all those people need to feel like their time and energy are being legitimately spent on something that other people are doing the same thing. Yeah, they need to have like each of those people need to have rights and all that stuff so they so it feels like a legitimate coordination entity for them. But yeah, just figuring out how it all kind of like works works for everybody, you know. So the communities get what they need, and and so do the individuals. But yes, so you've been uh, full time DAOing for years now, like in crypto years. It's it's been lifetimes, <laughs> decades. In crypto years, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. And for sure, I was like on this, you know, certainly on the GoFar, talking to myself here, you know, as well with the. Very much interested, obviously, in the in how far we can go together. I think that is the power up, and I myself have focused on that a lot personally. But yeah, right now I'm opening up a little bit. I feel like a little opening up to this um, and the necessity to the realization of the necessity that we do need to have, you know, be able to go fast and far together. And if Dallas can do that, then holy shit, you know, we can actually start doing some really effective governance. I think even like one another way to do it. Or probably another piece of the same puzzle, actually. I was talking to this person who does, like, you call it kind of like, you know, like change management. You know, like when a corporation makes a, needs to make a radical change in the organization, there's like people who go around the organization and make sure that that change is like coordinated well, you know? But uh, one thing that, that they said that they did, and it's, they started, like, it's a corporation, but they're, like, it's a huge fucking corporation. But they started out very agile. So, like, even though they're, like, a huge corporation now, they're still trying to maintain that agility. And how they do that is by limiting what the organization dictates. So, like, in a, like, carrying that over to DAOs, it would be, like, a DAO saying, instead of a DAO saying, like, this is an exact proposal of exactly what's going to happen, 
And this is what is going to happen from the Dow side. It's like a little bit too, there's too much fidelity a lot of time in those kind of proposals. Whereas like in this corporate example, like they, they basically just said like they made the purpose much smaller. So it's not like very high fidelity. They were like, we want whatever. We want like more DAOs or something. We don't care how you go about each, each of these teams in the organization. We don't care how you do that. But this is our goal. Our goal is to have, you know, more communities or something. And then now you as teams within this organization submit proposals on how you're going to, like, do that. And then that can be voted on. And then that's kind of like a little bit of a go-fast strategy because it's like, you know, you're not dictating every detail at the top. You're just dictating the main purpose that you want to happen from an organizational standpoint. And then the actual smaller communities, smaller guilds, whatever you want to call them inside the DAO, you know, they have the autonomy to come up with like, you know, wildly divergent paths to accomplishing that goal. And maybe even like two or three of them get approved because nobody knows which path is going to actually, like we can make a bet on which one is going to make it uh, most effective or whatever. But, but yeah, really just like limiting the definition of the purpose at the top so that there's more interpretation and autonomy underneath that to go and accomplish that in any way that people see fit. That's another way to like enable more, more go fast. It seems even the corporate world has been sort of uh, trending towards this kind of more decentralized models of running organizations. Well, I mean, they have to, to some degree. I mean, I, I think a lot of that's, I mean, this example is a different example. There's not too many corporations that I hear like that try to maintain this level of autonomy in their employees. So it's a bit of an odd case, but I thought found it really, really interesting that they were trying to maintain their agility. A lot of corporations just kind of throw that away eventually because they're just too big. So that, yeah, I thought that was really interesting and actually a good way to do it. Or, I mean, from a corporate standpoint, you know. But yeah, and why are, you know, why is that a thing? Why is that a trend? You know, and I think that's, you know, it's a combination of like, I think it first comes from the workers and the workers are kind of like demanding, you know, people want more autonomy over their work. They want to, you know, and those types of things, like when they clock in, some people don't, you know, but some people don't. They just want to know what to do and they just want to do it. But but a lot of people do desire and require, uh, you know, more autonomy. And if they have autonomy, then they're happy workers, you know. So from an organizational standpoint, that's, you know, well, if everybody's demanding this and if we give it to them and then they do good, then we should probably keep doing that. But, you know, a lot of corporations won't even try that because whatever so it is kind of an interesting use case but but yeah i mean the workers will demand a workplace <laughs> you know but it's just depending on well yeah it just depends on where the leverage is really which right now there's like this kind of like mass rage quit from the workforce in general i feel like so but that's a whole other topic i suppose yeah they're both re realizing that it's like oh wait a minute like people can be more productive if we give them more autonomy <laughs> But also, like, world is more complicated, and they're realizing, like, hey, wait a minute, like, maybe these frontline workers, like, know a thing or two more than we do here from from the top. So it's yeah, definitely a combination of factors. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, I really think that'll be the big unlock, really, is, like, trying to, yeah, just trying to push as much governance as possible to down to the local level, you know, relieve the stress from the organizations, the burden of power. Distributed power. Yes, yes. But, you know, yeah, I feel like that's the whole thing we're trying to do here in Dallas, right? Like, figure out how to, like, yeah, get that distributed power flowing. Yeah, yeah, getting the technologies to actually do this properly. 
rather than just like trying to rely completely on the social side. It's still a different kind of ethos, like in, uh, it's definitely like a lot more, uh, people have a lot more of these uh, cooperative ideas than corporate, like corporate is trending towards being more decentralized, but it's still uh, like crypto seems way ahead. Right. Well, yeah, because I mean, at least a lot, most of the DAOs that I fuck with are, you know, exploring the self-governing side of things, right? So, like, self-governed, self-managed, uh, whatever you want to call it, organizations. And, like, just figuring out how people can self-govern themselves legitimately to do things that they want to do together, basically. Yeah, so from all, all of these years of DAOing, do you have some, like, key takeaways? Things you learned over the years, or maybe some some of the way your expectations changed over time, or like things that you thought that would work that didn't, or like things that you just learned that are necessary for well-functioning DAOs. I mean, yeah, I, I think currently, I mean, that's the biggest one that I'm focused on right now. Is I mean, I feel like I'm always in the. I mean, I'm always kind of trying to be in the now, present with current problems and. You know, like I said, I for for a long time there, I was, you know, DAOs were new and really trying to push and see how far we can go together. But then, you know, through that practice, after actually doing that for a while, then you realize, oh, actually, you know, that's where like this kind of enabling, you know, subcommittees and various different things to to take place. You know, where before we were kind of like thinking of those as like consolidation elements that were like consolidating power and and you know we were kind of against it in some way now you know through practice i've just learned that you just can't do everything together it just doesn't make any sense once you get to a certain size and you've done enough things there's too many different paths to go in at that point and you need that's when you need to start kind of breaking up into different little groups that still have a shared purpose and a shared DAO and things but that shared you know manifesto or, or purpose is just getting a little bit less refined and more open to interpretation you know constantly changing like the you know how do a group of people set rules for themselves and where they can keep changing those rules themselves you know that kind of stuff but just really at the DAO level I think it's kind of limiting I mean there'll still be like little small DAOs that are doing small things and they don't need to break up into small into subcommittees but we're seeing a lot of DAOs grow up these days who need to do that so yeah, I don't know. That's a lesson for me that I've learned is that you can't just do everything together. It's just like get a hit coordination failure. You need to be able to like empower the certain groups of people who who do know what what is going on and, and you know have a pretty clear uh, idea of what to do. You know, make sure they're empowered to go and do that, and that they don't have to you know discuss that shit for like three weeks with people to get the okay from the DAO to go and do it. You know, you know. I mean, that's the stuff. I learned through practice, I think, you know, like as romantic as it is to try to go as far as possible together, the the irony is that in order to do that, you actually need to be able to go fast and far, you know? So that, yeah, I mean, the community still has the power to change the rules of how that works. You know, that, that top set of rules does need to be like governed by the people, but the execution can be, you know, interpretive. Right. Yeah, it goes straight back to going fast alone, and like this whole idea of this uh yeah the tension of uh, between uh those two like i think necessarily like if you want to get some shit done at some point you're gonna have to fork off on your own get things done and then either return back or like 
over time like a, a new a new group emerges first you're alone then another person joins you and then another person joins you and then there's 10 of you and then there's 20 of you and then like okay maybe i need to go fast alone again <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's true just branching off branching off and i think it's just gonna go on well i know i think it's gonna open up in a whole new space of exploration right where like i can already start to like think about that ahead of time where it's like you know for start to empower a lot of go fast stuff like people going alone and, and doing things but we also like how do we do that while i wonder what the success criteria of that what you could set for that you know like what is the actual yeah how would we as a community look at this initiative as being a success and like setting what that would be socially probably but you could definitely get programmatic eventually i guess but but you know like okay you proposed to go and do this initiative and you know you thought it would create this kind of value and then some kind of uh feedback mechanism but i feel like the what you said i guess that triggered me was was yeah go fast and then you're in this like so now you're in this like initiative that's a little bit outside the DAO, but it's coordinated because the DAO, like a you know it did approve the initiative and it, 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 it like approved you to go outside the community and go do these things or whatever and what's the what's the point of even asking of, of even doing that you know like getting the okay from the community you know like i think that's the first step some people may not even when you like break off you know that can happen in many different ways right like like you can just do it because everybody's like, no, that's a you know dumb idea. We don't want to do that. But you really you have so much conviction that it is that it will create value. You know, there's context that other people don't have that you have um, that you just can't explain properly or something. But you just know you just have so much conviction, so you just do it anyway, right? And then you at that point you can either go and do it alone and not ever expect to bring it back to the community, or you could, you know, try to go do that thing and then bring it back to the community and then say, hey, look, this is what I did. You know, this is what happened. Do do we think that this is valuable and that I should keep doing it or something? But that desire to even come back to the community and make sure things are coordinated is like, a, you know, what is the real human incentive for that? You know, I would probably do that just for, because I am like a go-far kind of person, I guess, where I do want things to be coordinated. I would like to try to coordinate as much as possible. And if it doesn't, you know, for some reason, I uh, just can't get buy-in, then I likely will go and do it anyway. But maybe not. You know, maybe there's like feedback from the community that, that lets me know that those are perspectives that I didn't have that, okay, yeah, actually, you know, I think it is a good idea still, but it's not right now. Like right now isn't the time to execute it. And I don't know, I like personally receiving validation in invalidation. But yeah, you could still go and do it yourself basically you could still decide to do that so like how to do these kind of pioneering things so that there is an incentive to come back and try to coordinate basically i don't i don't have any direct ideas but like yeah that'll i think that would be an element for us to kind of figure out over time right yeah that's a pretty big question and it like obviously depends on what what was the reason you forked off like is it a project is it a small project is it a big project is it like did you have like alignment issue or not whatever but it uh, then comes back uh, to that question of like okay does does this uh, do i take this back or do i push this forward like does this come back into the main dao or does this become a dao of its own right yeah exactly yeah and i mean it'll be different for different things right so yeah it's kind of like having expectations of what those different outcomes are and or being aware of what those different outcomes are, which 
obviously will pop up clearly through experimentation, um, but also can be a little bit assumed beforehand before, but then those assumptions may be validated and validated. But, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think in, in a lot of, uh, in a lot of cases, it makes sense that, uh, things go on to become their own DAOs, like because projects like you start them and then they grow and then they keep on growing. And then uh, like at some point it's like, okay, how how could I even bring this back? Like even if I wanted to bring this under this, back under this big umbrella, it kind of grew on its own. And uh, then you get to this problem of like, coordination within a DAO is hard, but then you have coordination across DAOs and like coordinating networks of DAOs. And that's like, uh, that's one of the frontiers. We actually just had like our first, uh, the first DAO that's been spawned out of metagame. And it's like brand new, it, just, uh, it was just summoned like a week ago. Yeah, what's it, what was its purpose? Uh, quest chains. So like uh, chains of quests, uh, sort of, it started like actually as a hackathon project. It was first of all solving our own, our own problem of like uh, the onboarding paths. You know how we have like the, the builder's path, this path, that path. So like, yeah, quests that come in sequences, basically. And then they build this uh, general tool that allows people to create uh, sequences of qu quests that then if they get accepted as like completed, you get an NFT that like signals that you completed it. And then this can be used for making the onboarding paths. It can be used for making the uh, like interface for the playbooks, like general paths. And even for like things like skill trees, you can make a a quest line for like this or that specific skill and say that like, whoever completes this uh, quest line and like passes this quick test then gets this like skill certificate uh, NFT. And they're building like an SDK for other projects to be able to integrate into, into their own platforms. So instead of just like building it inside for metagame, they're like, okay, so this is needed for metagame, but it could also be used for other projects. Right. Yeah, I think that's a really common, that's a common work. That we've seen already, right? Coordinate happened the same way out of Yearn. Like, uh, you know, hey, we need to figure out how to contributors in Yearn can pay each other. Oh, here's the, let's use this little tool, uh, this kind of process that we used before where we just kind of pay each other. I think that came from Zaku. And then, oh, that worked really well. Okay, well, let's spin it out. And, you know, and now it separations, you know, separate the concerns. Now there's like a little group of people who can work on just this mechanism. Uh, but then it did, you know, then a lot of other DAOs wanted to use it. And now, okay, well, if that's the case, then it needs to kind of break out and do its own. It can get support from the DAO, which I'm sure it did. But it's, you know, but it has its own team so it can focus on its own use case. It's not owned by Yearn or anything. It's now just another horizontal, you know, mechanism that, that everybody can use. So, yeah, I think that's a really common one. Raid Guild had, has many, many similar things, too, like that, like, oh, uh, well, we need to fix our process, but while we do it, we might as well just make it open in case somebody else wants to use it kind of thing. And if anybody does use it, then it's like, oh, well, shit, now it needs maintenance, and you know, now it needs settlers, planners, and pioneers, <laughs> right? Basically, so because, okay, this is a tool that works, but we need pioneers to like be exploring like horizontal use cases to you know, figuring out where, where else it can be used and how else it can be used and how well it can be used and all these different kinds of things. And the sellers and planners can be like making sure that whatever it is doing is doing what it's supposed to do for everybody who's using it, so on and so forth. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like when you need to start breaking those things out. But 
where the value gets shared and things is, I think, a really interesting point. I don't think we've really figured out how that stuff works. Like the value flow after forks, I feel like is a conversation right now. Like, you know, if, if this thing, in, if this DAO and metagame goes and creates a fuck ton of value, I mean, just, you know, for argument's sake, you know, it gets a lot of usability and there's a lot of traction and maybe even eventually people are like paying for the service or whatever, you know, figuring out these like value flows back to the DAO that spawned, that nurtured that thing is important, I think. But what those kind of uh, value flows look like is, is left to be designed, I think. Maybe that goes back to our earlier point about like, you know, what is the incentive to stay coordinated, you know, and to not break out into, you know, capture value, you know, pair value, you know, maybe... Yeah, probably an incentive that alignment there that can be done. To kind of like, it's not about forcing coordinated stuff. I think it's about encouraging it, you know, with incentives. I don't think it's like, you know, trying to force coordination by any means because then you just get into the same thing where everybody has to go far together or whatever. It's too much. But there do need to be these incentives for forking. I think that's been a, yeah, that's actually been a topic for a while that we've all been talking about. Like the, both the incentive to fork within a DAO and also, you know, an incentive to to die, you know, to kill off a DAO, and to, which is still kind of a fork. Could be like, you know, half the community wants to go in this direction, half the community goes goes in that direction. Now it's two DAOs. Maybe one of those DAOs is sticking to the original plan. You know, maybe it was two sides pulling in two different directions, and now it's two different things. The original thing doesn't even exist anymore. There's a few different ways that could play out. But yeah, I think that stuff will be really interesting this year as far as like, I think we'll start exploring that stuff, like, you know, incentivizing the death of organizations and the forking of organizations. I think we all know that like sustainability, we're kind of pointed on sustainability, not growth, I think. And for me, it's the difference is just being in a DAO that just always wants to grow is just like being in a corporation that just always wants to grow and monopolize and, and acquire, consolidate, you know, power and things, which is like not necessarily the direction that we're going in but sustainability when you talk about sustainability now you're like well this thing doesn't need to be sustained <laughs> anymore it's not providing any value to anybody it's just like doing these other things maybe there's a lot of value being captured somewhere but it's not really like adding any value you should kill it and fork it and do these two different things or three or four different things that make up that thing but a way that you know provides more value to everybody basically and by doing so, you know, if it provides more value, then it can capture more value, in theory, right? So, yeah, in theory. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, spread out the resources, and like, there's no need to keep on maintaining the the main one if you forked off into multiple directions. But yeah, I guess it really depends on the structure and the way that the other ones were launched. Like, uh, I don't know if other DAOs like have this set in advance now. Like in our case, we didn't have anything set in advance. Like, what happens when? another DAO pops up and then we kind of agreed, okay, like you got the idea through metagame, you found out about the hackathon through metagame, like the whole team is from metagame, like it's all through metagame. So maybe it would be fair if you gave like 5% to metagame. And they were just like, yeah, makes sense. And just like having that like uh, encoded, like, okay, setting the expectations. Like it's a part of the culture that like, if a new DAO pops up out of this DAO, like it should give something back. Okay, thanks for all the resources. Bye. Well, in both ways, right? It's all deals are bi-directional. So, yeah, what you said there, I think that's really cool is, yeah, setting that in the organizational roadmap or whatever, like, 
you know, as a member of this DAO, we encourage you to explore the frontiers. And if you do so, you know, you can receive resources. If you go and do a thing with those resources, then you should take some of that back. But you are both empowered to explore. And if you create value for the community, then great, you know. So, yeah, I think what's cool about what you said is that it's, it's bi-directional incentives that, like, help let you know when you join the DAO that you can go and explore things. There is a path doing that that is okay with the DAO. I think is really cool. And yeah, it kind of goes back to, like, the incentive of coming back and in what way, like, even if you want to come back, in what way do you come back? Like, in what way does the project integrate back? Or does it, like, integrate but also stay independent, which I think makes makes sense in, in most cases yeah it depends on what it is for sure but yeah in most cases it probably does they've already, they probably already have like a team that's formed that is the settlers planners and pioneers <laughs> right right you can't really decompose it back anymore at that point <laughs> you can just fork it further well but it, it is kind of well another thing you said earlier was like and i know this a lot about myself too and that might have been where you were coming from thinking about your experience as well as a pioneer you know like you go and pioneer for a little while and then you figure out like the only things that like pioneers aren't really they can execute and stuff but what they're best at is just finding the thing that works you know like going exploring things and ensuring that you know or like validating whether or not value is created with an idea or something and then if it does then they're they're probably ready to move on to the next thing and start pioneering another thing You know, that's the whole paradigm, I feel like, of the, of the pioneers and the, and the planners. So maybe, like in some cases, the pioneers can go and do things and prove, prove value creation and then bring that back to the DAO to, you know, take it over, potentially, or something. Because now it does need sellers and planners only, you know, maybe. I guess that's a, that's a pretty big incentive, like going back for resources. Like you explored, found this uh, new thing. And like, okay, now you, yeah, now you need settlers and town planners, so where are you going to find them? Maybe bring them back from like the main DAO. Or like you want to explore further, maybe do a grant request from the original DAO. Like having this starting base. Yeah, both labor and capital resources, it's true. That's a really good point. I mean, and if you, and again, I think that goes back to the, the original incentive for, for the people to feel empowered, you know. If they feel Because that's just more insight into what will happen when I go and pioneer in your community. You know, like if, if I know that there's like a mechanism you guys have discussed, you know, hey, if you, people go and do things, you know, come back and get a grant, come back and get help, you know, all that kind of stuff. It just makes me feel, as a community member personally, makes me feel like I'm empowered to keep my ears and eyes open for those types of opportunities, which is like kind of what I do as a pioneer, you know, like very observant Uh, listening and you know watching things and whenever i see a thing that can create value for anybody basically then i and i see it then i'll probably start pioneering on it pretty quickly <laughs> this is kind of how i work but if i know that there's a system a system for support for that then that feels really good to me i guess it, i'm much more likely to even join your community in the first place because i know that i can go and do that stuff right and this this then goes forward to like this whole uh, problem of coordinating not just DAOs but like networks of DAOs and uh, like different uh, communities coordinating across different platforms and how previously we just had this, uh, these general platforms like Twitter, Facebook, whatever and now like it's, it's more like community oriented where communities are building their own platforms but it's kind of the whole platforms are inside of Discord and then like what I hope this uh, leads to is what we talked about previously this 
emergence of uh, some kind of an interface that brings this all of this together. The fabled, the fabled MetaOS and the user-centric web. <laughs> yeah, I think we're still away from that one. <laughs> but I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. But I think it's necessary. Like, well, where this is leading, like I think a lot of these communities will want their own platforms rather than just like. Okay, so we have this whole community, we have all of these resources, all these people, like all of these projects. So now we go like on Twitter, like where do we go? There's no like really place to go, but to like either build their own platform or plug into an existing one. And there currently aren't really existing platforms that like that are suitable for Web3 organizations. And so this is like kind of like, I'm telling this to you as if you don't know, but I'm kind of actually telling this uh, more so to the audience, I guess. What we talked about previously in uh, in Lisbon and I don't know whatever else of like having these uh, platforms that different communities can customize to their own needs and different users can customize to their own needs, but that like plug into each other. So like we have our own community platform and you have your own, but the questing system is interoperable or like the members can be searched across platforms or the job board or whatever like communities sharing like sharing different building blocks different interoperable building blocks right yeah i think we're getting pretty legit protocols and mechanisms there's many many very useful protocols and mechanisms platform platforms i don't even know how to think about that word anymore <laughs> right or you know i mean in that context of what you're talking about because that is i don't know any other way for us to get the things that we need than to have multiple communities empowered to build various and you know well pioneer settle and plan each one of these you know various different mechanisms and some of those will merge into into larger things uh when there is a, a path to do so i think but many other things will remain you know, simple protocols and mechanisms. And then value flow there is, a, you know, another discussion. A lot of things will always come back to, you know, what's the value flow between these things. So I think that is a big part of that conversation, for sure. Even how we were talking about just incentives for DAO members, uh, making sure that, yeah, there are incentives for these types of things. But the same thing on the DAO level, I feel like. You know, if you have whole DAOs going and doing things, then, you know, yeah, they'll need incentives as well to either, yeah, stay coordinating or keep doing the thing. You know, if a DAO is using one mechanism that's, you know, maintained by a community, but in a larger framework that's coordinated. Well, I guess one thing that I think we'll see a little bit this year is like more collaborative DAOs or collaborative initiatives between DAOs. I think that'll be, we haven't really even started doing that too much. Um, and I think those practices will, will give us some, new learnings on how this stuff can play out. But I think like two DAOs who like need something, a new mechanism or something, uh, and they both like share resources and in, in both labor and capital to make that thing. And then, you know, the same thing can happen where, you know, it's for that particular use case, but then, oh, well, through the process, we learned that it's actually useful. And then other people are hitting us up to use this process. And now that's like a new DAO. I don't know, there's probably a doesn't seem that different uh, from someone or a group within a DAO going off and, and forking off and doing something that, you know, now can be brought back to the main DAO or something. It's almost a yeah, similar thing where, like, DAO members from different DAOs can collaborate on 
initiatives and then bring those back to their many different DAOs, you know. I think that stuff would be pretty cool to play out. I don't know how what we'll learn from that stuff per se, but I think there will be some useful learnings. Right, starting with multiple orgs from the beginning, that's that's a really interesting approach and it's kind of where the space has been trending. Like pretty much every DAO that's been building a solution for their own problems has been thinking like, okay, I have this problem and I'm building this solution for my own problem, but how can we make this solution a product for other DAOs? And that's why, why so many projects are building uh, protocols rather than platforms because uh, building a lot of these small solutions for that are just not for ourselves but for the DAO space as a whole. Right. I feel like you know, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of ideas happen the same way where you know, we might have an idea, we might share it, and then three, I guess maybe there's like three outcomes, three potential outcomes. One, nobody likes it and everybody thinks it's stupid. <laughs> and whatever. Maybe you do it, maybe you don't anymore after that feedback. <laughs> uh, or people think it could be valuable, but let's just focus it on our problem for now. Make sure that it generates value first, and then from that use case, you know, we can say, hey, everybody, we built this tool for ourselves and it works decently well. These, this is the results. Uh, you know, does anybody else want to use it? Or the third outcome is like people already realize its utility before it's even doing anything and they, they want to be there along the development because they already know the value that it could create. I feel like those are like the three main paths of, of idea from like mean to value creating. I guess. Right. And it's more like different approaches, like kind of, uh, like, if it turns out useful, they kind of go in the same direction, because it's like, once you prove that it's useful for your community, you're still gonna, you're gonna, like, if you think it makes sense, you're gonna try to generalize it, make it useful for other communities. Right. Well, yeah, I think the key is, like, is anybody asking you to do that for them, or are you trying to go and show them to use it, you know? I think that's the biggest difference that I see where like if you're showing if people use it and people say yeah that's like I guess some validation but if people are like begging you to use the thing before it's even built then it's a lot more validation <laughs> yes so and if that's happening then then sometimes you might go ahead and start building it as a protocol because there are already people wanting to use it before it's even the protocol basically whereas some people might not really see the value until it's already a protocol that's been used and has generated some output that can be referenced or something but anyway digress yeah what, what i was really going with this is that like there's so many of these like a, a lot of these uh, protocol uh, protocols and these uh, tools that are meant to be used for multiple communities and it's all meant to be interoperable and i think at this point it's just a matter of time before we start uh, plugging all of this together into these sort of uh, interoperable platforms slash community Yes. Yeah. So back to that, I guess. Yeah. I still don't know what communities want. And I, I don't think communities know what they, what they want either. Um, so that's kind of, kind of the problem there, I think, is that we don't really know what the platform is. Like, is it a platform that we're all using and doing the same things? Unlikely. Or is there a platform at all? What is the connective tissue is really the question, I think, between, you know, all these composable blocks. And where, you know, there are, there are all these, like, really sweet Legos of, you know, various types of mechanisms. Coordination, compensation, power, uh, reputation, uh, governance, 
all these things. There's like all these pieces of a DAO. And like uh, there's different types of people within a DAO who want to see different types of information. And then DAOs need to interact with other DAOs. Yeah, it's really hard to figure out what the what the interface is with them. You know, the first part that I think we started talking about, or at least, yeah, around the metaverse concept was just like, the you know, the first thing is that a DAO is not just a bunch of smart contracts. It's actually a grouping of both on-chain and off-chain tools, right? There's everything you can do in a DAO. There's a lot of human social stuff in there, not just DAO proposals and things that a DAO needs. A DAO needs an interface that has both on-chain and off-chain coordination tools available somewhere, so that I'm in the DAO and I have a place that I can go and I can see all the things that that is happening and what I can help with and all these different kinds of things. Right? That's within one DAO, and we don't even have that tool yet. And then I think you're asking the layer above that, which is okay. Once DAOs have interfaces that you know, have whatever that is, maybe it's just like their own website that is piping in, you know, both DAO tool or, yeah, on-chain tools and off-chain tools into a website that they built themselves over many months with like many thousands of dollars, right? Or there can be like a open source kind of template that people can use for that. But then how do those interact with each other, you know, into a network of DAOs that can coordinate with each other? That is much harder, I think. And then it makes, as a like a product person, it makes me want to wish for a platform for the user's sake, for their usability perspective. But consolidating that with the necessary requirement of each communities are like they're pretty unique, <clears throat> like they're you know different. What is a community? It's like a fucking corporation. It's a nonprofit. It's a club. It's a guild. It's like all these different things, and they have like very different purposes. So like their own DAO OS or whatever is going to be very different from each other's, but they'll be using the same underlying protocols. That much we, we, we do kind of know, um, at least a little bit. They're not going to, they're not all going to have their own protocol, <laughs> their own DAO protocols and things, right? They're, there's going to be shared stuff. So then it's kind of like, I don't know, like collecting all the different shared things and then, you know, building around, all that stuff, but I don't know. It's hard to imagine like one interface to 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 rule them all, so to speak, to where all DAOs can coordinate within this like quote unquote platform. Very difficult problem. Yeah, I mean, there. I think there are some common elements to all DAOs, and like all DAOs, I guess. And then after that, they they fork off into where they really like have their unique needs, and they really can't be like one platform that has it all, like one and all platform that have been popping up recently more and more. It's like, oh yeah, one platform for everything. No, I think it really needs to be like a platform in a really loose sense, just in just in, in there is a connecting tissue between all these different protocols. And I think then the like the really basic part is like the dashboard. Me as a as a Taoist, I want to like know what's going on inside of the DAOs that I'm a member of. I want to know the news. I want to know what are the proposals. I want to like have an overview of what's going on. And uh, like, what are the tasks, for example, like that's a, also a super basic one. Like if I'm a member of multiple DAOs, like uh, I don't want to have like this one DAO uses Notion, one DAO uses Dwork, one DAO uses whatever else. So you really can't really plug them all into one platform. But as more DAOs like converge on to like Dwork, 
then this platform can integrate the work and whatever other Web3 project there is. And then we can start pulling in, okay, I'm a member of multiple DAOs. I want all of my tasks in one place. I don't want to like go across 10 different websites for like seeing what tasks I'm assigned to in <laughs> these different DAOs. Right, yeah. Well, you, yeah, you, I think you just brought up a good split, actually. So at the platform level even. So like what, there's always going to be two two dimensions. There's always going to be like, well, there's going to be more than that. But at, at a base level, there's going to be an individual in a DAO. And then a DAO itself has an identity, right? Like those are the two identities that are that are playing with each other. So like what kind of member are they and what do they want to see? Like in one of the first splits is what you said, tasks or capital, like labor or capital. Like that's like a big split. Am I an investor in DAOs and I'm just like looking at my DAO investments, you know? What is the health of the treasury? What are they producing? I don't know. It's a different it's a different data set than me as a as a contributor. If I'm looking for like where I want to go contribute to DAOs, then that's a totally different interface probably. Is it? Like it's still a, I mean, if it's a dashboard, it's like a modular dashboard and different people can write different uh, widgets or different tools for it. Like uh, you know, like uh, compared to Dune Analytics, just we have this one interface that allows you to like create different views. So like if you're a contributor you want quests but if you like if you're a manager you want a more of an overview for the treasury right yeah no yeah totally agree i think it's just different views of of some yeah different views i think is the the whole point though because like there's different kinds of users have they desire different views they don't want to click 30 buttons to get their view you know they want to yeah but maybe there's an interface for dao investors maybe there's an interface for dao contributors you know contributors have like a oh, I'm looking for a new DAO to join so that I can contribute to it versus I'm looking to, for a new DAO to invest in. You know, those are like wildly different metrics and different, uh, much different fidelity of data that I'm looking at. Like if I'm looking to contribute, I want to know like the, like so much data about the actual tasks that are being done. What, what are the, where can I actually put my skills within this? It's much harder. Whereas from an investor perspective, all I really need to know is like, yeah, what kind of tasks are being done? I don't need anywhere near the level of fidelity that I need to know as a contributor, per se. I see to know that things are going, the mission is being addressed by somebody and that things are being coordinated, but not necessarily what is being coordinated and to what, to what level, potentially. Yeah, vastly different data needed. Yeah, it's just different views of the same data. Like Everybody probably wants all the data, but just at different levels of fidelity. The contributor might just want to know what the treasury is right now so that they can get paid. Uh, the investor might want to know, like, treasury over time or whatever kind of stuff, even, for example. But, well, I don't know. It's just an idea. I don't know, but yeah, well, on the Meta West thing, I think, I, I don't know how to, I, it's, like, impossible for you to imagine that, that higher dimension of, of DAOs interacting with each other. I mean, I can visualize some things, but goddamn it, it's hard. So I kind of just want to focus on getting, like, some DAOs some interfaces that work for them completely. You know, like, hey, you remember the DAO. Here's your fucking DAO. You can go here and get all the information you need to do the stuff in the DAO, whether or not, whatever kind of persona you are in the DAO, you know. Here's a, here's a link to all the information. For now, it, it will be linking out to, it'll link out to Notion or whatever you're using for this other kind of information, you know, or maybe this whole thing is just like a, a clarity or, or notion type thing or whatever. But and then when we have like twenty of those, then I think we can see what 
communities have put into their OSs for their own purposes and then see what's shared and see what can be, you know, templatized a little bit further. But yeah, it's hard for me to imagine without seeing the first part, I guess. I think it's a great start. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, it is kind of like DAOs need to figure out how to coordinate better before they can start coordinating across DAOs. That might just be like a real, a real thing, you know? Thinking too much ahead, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's always cognizant of it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's happening, uh, so it's hard not to like notice. Yeah, I mean, we have it on like on the DeFi side, we have Zapper, but on the DAO side, it's just so much. Like the whole tooling and everything is just so much more complex and it's more social than like protocol level. It's just harder to do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's not a bad analogy, honestly. Like, uh, yeah, like a Zapper or a Zurion or something where they're like, uh, yeah, aggregating all these different, you know, protocols, uh, which in this case are just like, you know, tokens and liquidity providers and like, you know, they're hooking into all these different DEXs but she's showing them all in one interface. So all you have to do is bookmark, you know, it's like the just bookmark one website and you go to that one website and then from there you can choose your own adventure, right? That's kind of like the, the purpose, I think, of this nascent thing we're discussing is like a, a launch a launch pad for, for decision-making, you know? Like I'm going to this place because I want to do something and when I go there, I want to be able to like find something to do an action, you know, um, if that currently involves like scheduling calls and bouncing around in, in a Discord for a couple of weeks, then you know a lot of people just don't end up doing things. Obviously, so you know these are the things that can be done right now, and these are all the places to go and get information on how to do those things. Yeah, I think all that stuff would be pretty good. Ah, uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's yeah let's wrap it up. I want to wrap it up by saying how both uh, DAO House and Metagame are about to turn three for it Berlin. Yeah, for those who don't know, they were born on the same day. <laughs> it's true. And uh, I still see like this sort of uh, how DAO House is going in this direction of like serving people who want to like start DAOs or run DAOs. So, like DAO House for groups of people. And then on the other side, Metagame that's like more focused on individuals who want to work in DAOs. And maybe maybe we really do at some point converge onto MetaOS DAO as an inter-DAO DAO. Who knows? But a lot more discussion is, is needed. I think we definitely need to jam some more on MetaOS at MCON. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should. I think it'll, I think it'll be a right topic. All right, man. This was great. I love talking to you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, totally. Same. Uh, thanks for having me, bro. Happy. Alright man, see you soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see you next month. Alright, party on. See you.